Yo, what's up, man? Did you get a chance to see the... So, South Park did a new special. Remember they did that pandemic one? Right? <laughs> yeah, about yeah, the, did, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, where, where a fucking Randy was selling his pandemic weed and shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now they come back with another one. So it's the South Park vaccination special. And uh, the, the K is a Q now. So that that should tell you everything you need to know about it. Oh, boy. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. The, the funny thing about that is that I actually was able to catch that episode um, right before we oh, nice. we hopped on over here for the show. You know what? It was it was a little long, honestly, a little long um, because yes, it was more yes. story. It was like it was legit a story, you know, uh, a, a good a good beefy plot. You know, for the show, which is uh, I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, it's it wasn't. Yeah. yeah it, yes, it was ridiculous. Obviously, because it was South Park, but legit, it was like they wanted to tell a story this time. You know, it's like, hey, yes, I have this yes. story of Mister Garrison coming back, and I've been away from South Park for a bit, but it seemed like Mister Garrison was uh, the Trump adjacent the South Park universe, pretty much, right? Yeah, like he he was actually yeah he was actually Trump. Like he was actually the stand-in, so like <laughs> that's they. Right. That's why I saw it with the tan on his face at one point. Yes, like they they made Mister Garrison full on the Trump because you know uh, no one I not to get too political or whatever, but like no one thought he would win. So it's kind of like the whole story was they had planned they had planned for a whole season of Hillary as president. So they made Mister Garrison this Trump character so they could you know ridicule it then you know go off into the ether or whatever that's fucking hilarious yeah so because he won they they started to struggle with like stories of garrison as trump and all this stuff and using him in the show so like eventually they just were like no we're just not going to pay attention to him anymore so um the pandemic special was actually the first time in a while that he's like been a part of the show Wow, and okay, then, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so you know where he shows up at the end of the pandemic one, he just sets the dude on fire, and yeah. he's like, yeah, don't forget to vote. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I remember that. <laughs> so, so th- This was good. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, did you like it? Did you uh, think it yeah, was good? I have the exact same critique you do, Arturo. Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, and it's got its humor in it, in that, like, how ridiculous it is. It's not really funny. Like if that that, that yeah, makes any sense? It's, yeah, like it's not like that's laugh what out it loud is. funny. I think yeah. that's why it felt so long too, because it wasn't yes. like a regular like fucking you know laugh out loud as you could say you know like that yeah bursting out laughing South Park funny where it's just it's over the top and ridiculous and offensive in every which way. But this one like it started with Kenny kind of like being sad and the pandemic having a, yeah. a, a fucking <laughs> a, a, a taking yeah. a toll on the guy's friendship and shit. Right. Yes, so it, it like, had that kind of yes. 
real life thing to it, which is true, you know, like going yes, through this, it had, being a year apart yes. from friends and, and even for some people for family and stuff like that, you know, it's, um, it's yeah. tough for everybody and for them to just do that in the show. It's like, okay, I get it. So it wasn't, it wasn't a haha kind of situation either. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, they found a way uh you know to be south parky yeah of course like it's still it's still entertaining like that's the thing like you know, it's not like laugh out loud south park but the fact that they're talking about like oh that you know everyone is like more irritable yeah you know like everyone's on the brink and then you know they're these kids are forced to school like forced to go to school and like yeah all this they, other they, stuff they, they were then, blaming everything on the whites which is that uh, White's family. <laughs> that you know, one, there's a family yeah, called, uh, family. I think, Bob yeah. White's, right? It's like, yeah, yeah bl- like blame it on the White's, uh, that one who died. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my favorite part was uh, Mr. Service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Mr. Slater Garrison Jace. hasn't, you know. Yeah. And th- that's that's the big thing. Like, they brought back Garrison. That's the whole, you know, point of it, I guess. But, you know. It depends on how much you're willing to, you know, how much you like Garrison, because th- that's the trouble too, you know, like because Garrison, Garrison can be a little much sometimes, and like, yeah, you know, I mean, so the, and that's why, yeah, <laughs> the LeBeau that's episode, why he has you a, know, with uh, Azerzes and scissoring. That's uh, you know, it's Mr. Garrison's best, Mr. Garrison, oh, I, I, Mrs. Garrison, right, <laughs> at her best at the time. I, I think so too. I think the LeBeau one is definitely my favorite of like that whole era, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but you know what's my but, favorite of a, th- this whole era well not really this whole yeah, era, what's yeah that? For, for right now yeah it was like <laughs> uh, episode 59 of, right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> of the official course feed podcast welcome folks to the morgue and with me always is mr nick valdez howdy tex what is up man howdy everybody like how you doing arturo you uh, you hold up better than they did in south park you you hold yeah, it in there yeah yeah amen <laughs> um yes it's been a year dude a fucking year yeah since the movie yes. stopped, since the theaters closed, but yes, it's uh, yes, it's been a trying year in terms of like seeing good movies. <laughs> hopefully, uh, yes. hopefully this is um, a start. You know, uh, in the month of March alone, we're gonna get some good shit. So let's hit them with the news right now because we got uh, one one top news in my opinion, one very good spot of news, and I think uh, a shining. I mean, beacon. are we thinking of the same thing? Right? Are we thinking of the same thing? I mean, uh, I think so. so. Mortal Kombat. Yes. <laughs> uh, getting the R rating, right? <laughs> you were scared yes, there for a, a moment, right? A, yeah, because like, that's what I was thinking, uh, but I don't know. So Mortal Kombat officially got the R. You know, yes. I mean, yeah, the trailer was like bloody and stuff. But you never know. Yeah, right? because you, like you, you never know. know. Yeah, because a trailer in in all its pure essence, it's a, it's a fluff piece. You know, it's to show you some yes. good shit. And at times, as we all know, some of that stuff doesn't even end up in the final you know theatrical cut of the movie. So yeah, to see that they're actually giving it that hard R makes me very happy because now you can just you're gonna just sit down and enjoy a fucking great action movie you know uh, apparently the fight yeah. scenes are so, some of the best on screen you know um the graphics look good like in the trailer so like i'm hoping that looks you know that stays consistent throughout the movie man yeah because they got some like legit martial artists behind these things so i'm hoping for the best the original one did have good fights too you know yes, i agree but like yeah but you know that's 
that's old head stuff. That's for us to enjoy because that was the – it's appropriate for the 90s. It's funny, man. It's like I actually for- was able to catch the original one the other day. They were giving it – I think it was on TNT or TBS, one of those two uh, stations. And Good way to see it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's, um, it kind of – it holds up a Jace, you can say, pretty much, you know? Yes. Um, because – visually in terms of graphics and stuff like that it doesn't really it doesn't look too good but then again you're like oh it's mortal Kombat, so there's this nostalgia factor to it too that kind of saves it from being what it really is you know with this kind of mediocre 90s action movie well yeah like i would i would like say super mediocre though i because like that's the thing like i it, it's appropriate for the what mortal Kombat was back then you know, now now Mortal Kombat's a little more serious, a little cooler. Yeah. You know, they got like more violent stuff. So like, you know, that one was good back then. It holds up a Jace, but like it's also I don't I, I understand when people are like, oh, that Mortal Kombat sucked or whatever. You know, I mean, I, I it, get like, it, right? it, I'm not saying it sucks. I'm just saying like th- there's a lot of things in it that um that were done in order to kind of sell a movie. Like, for instance, having, yeah. um, having Bridget Wilson as Sonya doesn't really hold up at <laughs> yeah. all. Um. Uh, and kind of kills it a little bit because you have, as you said, so uh, around her is a cast of real martial artists as well. Um, in that movie, yes, and yes. she seems very non-martial art. Like even, um, just her moves and everything look very fucking whack. Uh, which sucks. And then also, what's his face? Fucking a uh, Christopher Lambert being rated. Right. Right. It doesn't. Like seeing that new trailer and then seeing the old movie, you're like, damn, the fact that they got Christopher Lambert as rated Mr. Highlander himself, right? It, it can be yeah. only one, right? And he, he, that, he was rated. I mean, like- and it was it was a weird spot for Raiden too, because I definitely wanted Raiden to be a highlight of the movie because I, I loved Raiden as a character. And then just right. seeing him as like this kind of background Gandalf like kind of shit, you know? Well, there's there's more stuff to look forward to. Uh, speaking of weird reboots that like are coming out of nowhere and like completely different tones. Uh, so Rob Zombie, who we've talked about at length before, go check out the Three from Hell review. Yeah, uh, Three from Hell is we, a famous t- episode here at the morgue. <laughs> so, yeah. So he is directing a new version of The Monsters. According to the report from uh, Murphy's Multiverse, which is like, it's a, it's a, you know, they, they get a lot more right than they get wrong. So, you know, so Um, he's, what's he doing? Yeah. He's set to direct, uh, Rob Zombie is set to direct a new version of the monsters, uh, which is, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but he's currently cast, uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips as Herman Munster and, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie is Lily Monster. Oh, I knew it. I was going to say, I'm like, yo, you better not fucking have Sherry Moon as uh, Lily, man. (laughs) Yeah, and Um, uh, according to the casting list, uh, Dan Roebuck, Jorge Garcia, and Richard Brake have also joined the cast in major roles, and Elvira has joined on in a supporting role. So uh, that'll be fun. Who's playing Herman again? Jeff Daniel Phillips. Jeff Daniel Phillips. I'm trying. I'm looking him up right now to see what the fuck he looks like. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Um, he's, okay. He's like, the dude who. Yeah, I I know this fucking he, character. He he he's been in a bunch he, of his fucking shit. 
Yeah, he's the he's one of the usual dudes. Yeah, yeah he's, he's usually the one that's really not liked and it's it gets killed because he's a fucking yeah, asshole so most of the time. Now he's gonna be Herman Munster, um, uh, according to. I mean, yeah, so, I, I can see because yeah. he has a long face, so that makes right. kind of sense. Um, but funny enough, actually, I've been um I um watching for some reason like episodes of the Munsters on TV. Oh, that's yeah, that's totally it, like it was to- totally, totally wild, random. Yeah, because I you have a YouTube you, TV. You felt it. You, know? you felt it in the yeah, universe. Yeah, so yeah. I have YouTube TV. So like I just scrolled through their channels and shit like that. I was like, oh look, it's the monsters. And my kids were there. So I just wanted to put something family friendly, but kind of, you know, you know, like in my kind of genre. So I was like, okay, great. Right. But, uh, but and then but just wondering like why? Why is he doing that? Like it I just but por qué, you know? Like it, it makes no sense, yeah. dude. Um it- yeah, because uh, having seen he... some recent episodes of the monster, like ha- having seen episodes recently of the monsters, it's um, it's it's weird that you make a movie about that, and and the f- and he doesn't have like good actors like a lot in his movies. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Um, he right. suffers from that. He suffers from depending on these B movie horror actors of of yesteryear. You know what I mean? Of yesteryear, yesterday, whatever you want to say. But a lot of times. They're good. Like Ken Foyer, like he, every time he's in one of those movies, he's awesome. But we've spoken about this at great lengths, especially in the in the From Hell, um, in the Three From Hell um, episode. Go check that out. You guys seem to love that for some reason. I think we just they just love the fact that we bash From Hell all the time. But it's just weird that he's making that. Like he, he, that really? Like why not? Like I That's would rather I it's. I would rather him give me some other original kind of crazy idea he has, you know? Maybe he wants to do something family friendly. Is that's what I was just going to ask. Like has he done something like that before? No. You know like, more about his catalog than I do. The closest but, like, thing he's uh, done is which is not even close is um um El Super Bisto, right? Which is an animated thing he did. Yeah. But even that was yeah. an adult like, thing, you know? The monsters you do have to do a family friendly. Yeah, because there's a kid and involved, like, you know. Yeah, and if Elvira is in it, Elvira is not going to do like wild shit, you know. Like even as a cameo or even as like a supporting, like it's a supporting role. So yeah, like, like you no, know, like she'll probably show up as herself to be honest with you, because you know, yeah, yeah, like she's That's what I'm saying. you get yeah. you get uh, you get Elvira to be Elvira in the movie, but uh, so like, like it. it I think he's just kind of um he kind of wants to do his take of family um of the Adams family. Like uh, he probably w- w- wants to be like, "Oh, this is my kind of time to You know what? Like you're, because you're knowing zombie right. yeah. and like and knowing how he 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 kind of his inner gears like kind of move a little bit. He always wants to take that like um that rare underdog kind of um underrated show and make it like better. You know what? Because it is it it does fill his philosophy. We've talked about that before. Where like it fits his philosophy. Where like he he takes like B C movie actors. Yes. Like C D movie actors. Yes. Really. Like yeah, and, big time. And then. No offense, but yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, CD-level movie actors, and he gives them, like, roles and money and, like, hey, like, all for it, right? Which That's is cool, because, you know, artist. they probably come cheap, too, so it's not like uh, <laughs> he's paying an arm and a leg, so he can put more money into his prosthetics and, and his, then, uh, effects, you know, so. Exactly. And it's also with him, like when you're in with him, you're in for like basically for the rest of your career. You know what I mean? Like, so like he, that's the other thing, like that's give true. credit to that. Like he always keeps his people working. 
No, like, like listen, it, it's it's great, but he's he has to chill with Sherry Moon Zombie. I mean, like we like uh, <laughs> like I said, we spoke at length about her, and I believe you know her best work was in From Hell because everything um, in Three From Hell, I should say, um, because everything fell on her shoulders since the passing of um, of Captain Spaulding. You know, yes, uh, so. Yes. Because uh, Sid Haig passed away, like I said before in that episode, Sid Haig was going to be the focal point of that movie. Um, but since he passed right. away, unfortunately, uh, everything was shifted over to Sherry Moon Zombie. So she kind of had to, you know, dig deep and do her thing. So Yeah, know, so, you know, maybe it, she'll make a good like, Lily Munster. Yeah, you know? the Munsters are, I mean. it, it's light work. You know, it shouldn't be too crazy. <laughs> but I don't see right. her as being that, like, Lily Munster looking person. Um, I think she's a little old for Lily monster honestly but i mean again yeah, at, at the end of, it maybe with his aesthetic what knows, studio I, is uh, is green lighting this thing i don't know or green lit the, it. it or is he uh, or is know. he still financing this shit i it just says it that's what like the report doesn't say that part it's just uh you know it's just that it's zombie you know that he's doing it all right so who knows uh kudos to him i well, guess it's yeah you know, you know what we'll, um we'll see we'll see that uh, and speaking of kudos, Arturo, uh, so I just wanted to take some time out of this episode is, you know, WandaVision, you know, the first big Marvel show wrapped up recently. I know we've talked about it before. I've asked you about it in the past. Yeah, I'm glad you finally it, got you know? into it. Yeah. It and took like, a now bit. that it's over. You, it was going to take a, bit, a little bit to actually get into it. Yeah. And you, that's kind of the overall problem with it, really. Like, yeah, a big it's, time. 100%. It, 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 it takes a little bit to get going. You know, without going into full spoilers, because honestly, like if if Marvel fans want to go check that out, go check you that should. out. I'm not going to stop cool. you. Yeah, it's cool. You should check it out. It's also just content. <laughs> yeah, know? it's it's also but, like it's a way for Marvel to do like a Scarlet Witch movie without doing a full blown movie. And, pretty much, that's what it is. And it's you know, and in that in that way, it succeeds. I would say, right? Yeah, it, yeah. I, it makes me. It makes me care about Scarlet Witch and Vision, which I've never done before. I never, know. How I, I crazy is that? I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, who? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I know who they are. And I know the, the significance of their characters. But, like, where's Captain America? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. In terms of the Marvel stuff, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It's, but, they're, the, uh, they're the least important Avengers. You know, so. You're absolutely right. But, like, you know, like, they've shifted to be, in my opinion now, Two of the most important ones now because they're technically two of the OGs, right? Yes, they're the they're you two know, of the OGs left. Yeah, the last of a dying breed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because um, what you still have Thor out there doing crazy shit, but I think yeah, it's like, just it's really just Thor from the OG crew. Yeah, and then oh, and and Hawkeye. Yeah, 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 Hawkeye. They oh, got, that's right. He's gonna have a Hawkeye show as well, right? With his daughter. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Good for him, I guess. You know. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing, like. The show is kind of like it's not really a great TV show, if that makes any sense. But it's like it's it's yeah. a good Marvel thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? It doesn't really feel like a TV show. It feels like a movie that's been split apart every time. You know, like it goes to a very long a commercial break. But uh, it what was cool about the show it was the the way it depicted sitcoms. You know, like like every episode had a different uh, era of sitcoms. Um, yes, which yes. I thought that was pretty neat, and that was a, a pretty cool thing to do, and people probably didn't appreciate it as much as it this should have, honestly. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I was like, "Yo, that's dope! It's cool how they got the essence of all those shows from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the early two thousands, the late two thousands." I I wish it kept that. Yes, like through the show, uh, that was one going, of the best like, parts. 
yeah, like I, you know, I don't even need to go into detail to say that, like, I wish the sitcom stuff stayed through the whole thing. Yeah, but then and like, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't because of the of how the story goes. Um, but right. it explains like, you know, you get a flashback scene of her childhood and, and how, you know, TV was a thing that kind of uh, it kept them, you know, comfortable or kept them sane uh, in, in the right. war-torn but country like, of Sokovia. You get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, there's like a scene at the end where there's like all the people, you know, who've been involved with this thing. Yeah. I wish we would have got it. You know, why couldn't they like mix up or something like that? Like, oh, some of them are black and white. Oh, the like, different. Like, oh, that would have been dope because technically they can. Right. But. But yeah. kind of well, yeah, because her her like psyche and her mind and, and her magic is shattered, yes, right? That's so, what I'm saying. So like, that works. Yeah, absolutely. So all that right. stuff, all that stuff, just kind of gets dropped, you know. So I was just like, oh, you but at least, but you know there. what though? At least it all got dropped at the same time. It wasn't like it was happening back and forth like that. Like it was like, right. oh, they're out of the 70s, uh, and then the next. Time you see them, they're in the 80s, and then they're in the 90s, and then they're in Malcolm in the Middle, and uh, it was it was dope though, man. Um, I I'm curious what they're gonna do now with Scarlet Witch's character. Very tragic character. Um, she never finds uh any happiness. Like the, there was this meme going around, you know, on the net, uh, where it showed it all the like endings of all the heroes and everyone's like happy. And then you have Scarlet Witch, which is fucking, it's like, oh, that's just heartbreaking. This woman never got her fucking piece, you know? And it it, it makes it compelling because it's like, you know, uh, even if she ends up a villain, you know, because like I can see her totally being like the Doctor Strange 2 villain, you know, like because like she's causing all the chaos and stuff. Technically. Yeah, they do mention she's stronger than him, right? So. And also, mm. as you know, Tex, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were bad guys, technically, uh, at first. Ooh, ooh, so right? there you go. Before yeah. they even did this whole Avengers thing, they went, they joined the Avengers way after they got introduced. Way after You're that. Right. But they were yeah. bad guys with Magneto. You know what I mean? Like, these are my children. And they were fucking shit up with Magneto the whole time, you know? So, This you whole never Avengers know. thing it came after, like, Marvel was like, oh, mutants, yay, you know? Um <laughs> But uh, listen, would it would be mind. really dope because they, oh my God, dude, they need a, like a villain. They need yeah, a big bad, like, you know, and Scarlet Witch is a big bad. Like she's able to fucking topple entire fucking. Yeah. And now, world now she's just like, power. she's so like emotionally fucked up, you know, she's so like traumatized and like, so we're going to be watching going, dude, how can you blame her? You know, Dude, but she's doing these world-ending things. You know, she what I had mean? to say like, goodbye twice to Vision. She had to say goodbye to her fake kids and shit. You know, yeah, like it's it, it's it's some shit. So it's like if she ends up becoming like the most powerful being that they say that she could be, why not? Why is it like she should be like the? You know, who knows? I'm I'm excited to see. I That's agree. the other thing. It's it's not really a good like tv show in terms of like structure and you know getting the whole story out because there's some stuff i still wanted to see you know there's not enough like emotional resolution i would say you know no, like there's, agreed. Agreed. I, I wish we got more time to sit in it sit yes in the, like that yeah, yeah that ending yes. like it, it felt so rushed yeah, um, I remember that's we were it, talking about yes. it, right? And it the final moments of that show, you never get to really sit and kind of soak in the emotion, as you just said. Like me as a, as a parent, like like it's like, wait a minute, you're not gonna see your kids ever again because they were just kind of a figment of your imagination, pretty much. It's it's just fucking heartbreaking. 
Like as a parent, just like, oh my God, like your kids are going to bed and you, and you know, that's the last time you're going to put them to bed, you know? And then right. Vision was just fucking Shakespeare of the last like episodes. And the dude has like all this emotion and he honestly like, yes, Olsen was awesome in the, like in the show, but Vision was legit. Like, yeah, Paul Bettany. Yeah, yeah. Paul Bettany was the emotional core of that show, like all throughout. You know, and he like for being, you know, this being, he had the most emotion shown throughout the show. Yeah, they they finally had some stuff to actually do. That's basically it. You had these two talented people finally getting something to do. And so, you know, like throughout like all those Avengers movies, we barely see them or care, you know, and then like in Ultron, it's kind of like, ugh, like. Like, yeah, she's just like experimented on or whatever, and now she's like in Russian accent and all that stuff. So yeah, they, but yeah, of course, of course, they dropped um, that. Yeah, like it's that's what I'm saying. They they bungled her ambition through the rest of that shit just to get them to that point. But now, it's yeah, like, because, now I care about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Also, after Ultron, after Age of Ultron, like Marvel was like an a uh, like a full steam ahead kind of transition to getting Spider-Man involved and Black Panther yeah. and this is why Captain America never really got a proper third movie and they called it Civil right. War which I thought was fucking trash. I'm like listen, right. like don't don't say Captain America Civil War. This is not a Captain America movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um you can't I, just and they can't just call it Civil War. So I get it. Right? I know, man. <laughs> they like they couldn't anything, just call it should have Civil Avengers War. Civil War, like, and then you yeah. have a, you have a little Avengers movie right there in the middle, you know? No, you do Batman v Superman, you do Captain America v Iron Man Civil War. <laughs> yeah, listen, I think I would have been a little bit more hype for that movie if it was like that. I'd be like, oh yeah. shit, you know? Yeah, um, but, um, but yeah, like I'm, of, I'm curious. Though, yeah, um, yeah, but I'm just curious what they're gonna do with all that stuff. Also. I'm I'm curious how the, all their phases are going to play out now. They had a lot of plans. Yeah. They had a lot of things to to kind of woo us over again. Yeah, cuz like they have to they have to completely change Black Panther 2. They have to completely change like Doctor Strange 2 had to change cuz uh now it's Sam Raimi behind it and like so you know you know that movie's going to be different. Yeah, you, you know, know what? Like, I'm kind of stoked about that now that you mentioned Sam Raimi. Again, I'm yeah. like I'm like that's right. Sam Raimi's gonna be in it, so um, that's what I'm saying. It's more exciting, yeah. Because like I wasn't interested in that before, and now you have like the Scarlet Witch coming in, coming in hot, you know, coming in on fire, coming in super hot. Yeah, and like I didn't like you know Doctor Strange coming off of Endgame. I didn't really like him until Endgame or or Infinity War. It was Infinity War that I liked him. Infinity War, yeah, pretty much. And it wasn't until then where I was like, okay, I see it. You know, I see what the whole thing is. But now, you know, I'm also curious, but we'll see. We'll see, right? I don't know, man. But um, yeah, I'm in the same boat. We'll find out. (laughs) You know what, though? I'm more curious now and more excited to see now what Marvel has in store for their next phase of movies. Because prior to this pandemic, I was very, very, very concerned um, as to the direction of what, (laughs) of the whole Marvel cinematic universe. You know what though, Arturo, this, this pandemic actually worked out better for them. I mean, it gave us a year off. to like to actually want Marvel stuff again. Right. Like I uh, black widow, whether or not it actually ever comes out, I'll see it. 
I'm not excited for it. I could give a shit, but like that's yeah. also stuff like it's true it, because after Endgame, I was for a the, little tapped out. Like I tapped out after Endgame. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm dude. I've had enough. It was and you made we, Steve Rogers old. Yes. So um, I'm I'm good. Goodbye for a little while. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm a big Captain America fan. The fact that he was made old, I'm like, I'm good. But uh, dude, yeah. it, it was ten. It was ten years of storytelling. If yeah. we didn't get that year off, we'd be in year eleven. So it's like okay, I'm years, man. Well, good yeah, for Marvel you know, with, with all that like, planning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously, well, like, yeah, good for them. So speaking of planning, uh, so Zack Snyder has something else planned. I mean, besides the giant Snyder cut we got coming, we actually uh, next have a week, new baby. movie next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're definitely talking about that one. So stay tuned. So he's actually got, a new, I believe it's May. I, I want to say it's May. Uh, so Netflix, Army of the Dead. He's got a, a new Of the Dead coming with, uh, you got Dave Bautista in it. You've got, um, I'm looking up the cast right now. I don't I totally know who else is in cast. it, but Dave Bautista's in it. I hope it's good because Bautista, well, look, all right, listen, Bautista is a hit or miss sometimes, you know. <laughs> Um, yes, be- yes, Drax, I agree. he was 100%. good as Drax because of just the personality of Drax. Um, but Batista is definitely a hit or miss. Um, the teaser trailer didn't really show much. It showed a lot of, you know, Batista running around and shooting shit. Zombies to be specific. Um, so I'm kind of hoping it's decent. Is it, does he have a deal with Netflix now or is it just like a one-off movie he just made? It's just a one-off, I think. Uh, so it, yeah, it's coming in May. So, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what it is. It's just they're like, I, I want to know the reasoning for like they wanted to steal money in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Because, you know, that's the stuff you wouldn't that's care about, right? right? What like, are you doing in the casino, man? Like money's no good now, baby. Everyone's fucking yeah, I mean, dead or, you know, living dead. That's it. Well, you never know. In that world, it might be like, oh, the last bit of money is stuck in all this zombie shit you never know i'm that's why i'm curious to see like what the explanation for oh, that true, is yeah. true true it could be one of those right? things where they can uh uh you know it's like a zombie trafficking thing or something going on who knows no no i mean like it, it's <laughs> <laughs> no nothing like that i mean it's just like but why so not though what Jets? if they're <sighs> well, lots of reasons why not but i like, mean listen <laughs> zombie trafficking though you know what's funny though um this movie kind of re- <laughs> reminds me of um uh, this one called Redcon One. Have you have you heard of that Redcon no, One? Which was I, that one? Um, it, it, I believe it's an English film. It's uh like this group of like soldiers that have to travel to save somebody, right? Um, in the middle yes. of this fucking zombie outbreak and shit. And there's like mm-hmm. martial arts and there's fighting going on. And I recommend it. It's actually pretty dope. It's a little long. That's why I kind of he- hesitated to recommend it, but. It's um, it's not bad if you have the time to watch it, though. It reminds me a lot about the zombie and the army stuff and how the army is either sent to do something or this team is, is sent to do something during an outbreak. It just reminds me of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping it, it's it's as good as that movie because that movie is pretty decent, you know. But do you know what else is pretty decent? Our main attraction. Uh, folks, I'm mm-hmm. very, very, very excited to talk about our main attraction for this evening, Dawn of the Dead. I can't tell you what year it was made because I completely forgot. <laughs> but it's Zack Snyder's no. Dawn of the Dead. Um, it's uh, it's uh, 2004, I believe. Oh, I, I want to say. 2004. I, I'm, I'm looking it up. year, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking it up right but, now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead it definitely made a whole bunch of motherfucking waves through the horror genre. 
Um, in this version of Dawn of the Dead, we get um, our cast of characters who are running from a horde of zombies and they find sanctuary in this huge fucking mall. They kind of quarantine themselves in there and they stay in there until they think they can leave and they have a better plan to get out of that place and escape somewhere without zombies. Well, I say good luck to them, right? And we all know how this shit goes down. I think that was his first movie. Was it? You know what? I I think you're right. I think it was his first major, major release. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's too. Yeah, like I'm double checking right now. Uh, yeah, he's before that he's only credited for like uh, music videos. So it was Dawn of the Dead what in 2004, a debut. At, Let me tell yeah, you. T- <laughs> yeah, Let dude, me tell I agree, you, folks. What a debut. Um, and there's tons of things that I truly like. Just enjoyed um in this movie first off it's the runtime an hour and about an hour and 48 minutes we're talking about the director's cut of this movie the unrated director's mm-hmm. cut of the movie clocks in at about one hour and 48 minutes um and the time just fucking flies by it's just everything the pacing of the movie is just done really well and i and i remember uh you and i had a conversation about uh zombie tropes and just like yeah. different features and things in a zombie movie um and how it's very difficult to kind of come up with a good zombie flick and when we had that yes. conversation it was before i rewatched the movie again um and mm-hmm. i had that in mind the entire time and you know what it's absolutely it's absolutely correct um and in this movie uh this one's very well done and it covers a whole bunch of things that we're going to just talk about tonight if, for instance um the small little nuances of 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 zombie tropes right you have how the outbreak starts how the infected look, all the little details that come um, that come from a zombie movie, they all got kind of covered. I was trying to find loopholes, you know, and I couldn't right. find any because they didn't go into detail about explaining the outbreak or how it happened or like, you know, where did it start? Like, you just got thrown into this town in Wisconsin pretty much and you were like, mm-hmm. yo – zombie outbreak you know good luck and it's cool how you got the information from just sarah Polly's character escaping her house after her fucking kid and husband try to kill her pretty much right and like she right. begins to understand what's going on as well as the viewer like yo shit is going down and then i love how snyder uses the camera uh, the camera throughout the movie like right in the beginning you have a, a shot of her just driving away um uh and it's just like an eagle eye view from the top and you see the the disasters going around and then this cool shot of just a fucking a truck slamming into a gas station and just fucking exploding um yes like there's there's always a sense of perspective right there's always a sense of like yo everything is fucked. yes especially when she's trying to get out of her neighborhood like like the cameras behind the car or something and you see her just kind of swerving around the neighborhood you see all this fucking chaos going around and uh it actually reminded me a little bit of um that that uh, zombie Netflix show Black Summer that I talked about, um, I think it was last year at some point or the year before that. How in the neighborhood, like everything was just fucking going crazy. It was this suburban neighborhood, mm-hmm. and just everything was just come crashing down in middle America. It reminded me a lot of uh, 
of that uh, of that show and, and I, i'm assuming they took a lot from this movie and i yeah. i just really enjoyed how snyder was able to kind of control the action with the camera um there's a yes. lot of things done in this movie that are just purely action based and i know you brought up the point that uh you know he does action really well and that's a snyder thing is just the action if you go back to 300 for instance right uh, Which is two years after. Yes. Uh, yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, it's two years after this movie. Right? You get, even in a movie like Sucker Punch, which people didn't really like, you get the action in there. Like, even even just the visual action. You know, the eye candy action. He just, even even in the owl movie he did. Like, the owl action yeah. was, was fucking on point. The dude knows what he's doing when it comes to action, man. Um, yeah. Like, I really uh, enjoyed that. It, it deserves a lot of credit because uh, it is a remake of Romero's version. So, like, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone's seen it listening to this. But it's it's basically the core is the same. They all people end up in a mall and shit happens, you know, but it deserves it deserves a lot of credit for um, I want to say, did it bring the fast zombies first? Or was um, that was that twenty eight days later? That was Which? um I think that was twenty eight days later because of the rage virus. So um I remember I was freaked out with twenty eight days later because of the speed of the zombies. But that came out back in two thousand three, two thousand and two, twenty eight days later. It, it definitely came yeah, out before two, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it's two thousand two. So that so with with the fast zombies now introduced, you know, Dawn of the Dead gets that extra bit of energy that, like, that goes to what you were saying of just uh, highlighting the action and still being sure to, like, convey as much through visuals as possible. Because, like, uh, like you were saying, like, yeah, Sucker Punch is definitely one of those, definitely one of those movies that's, like, very debated. And I get it because it, at the core, it, it it's it's got a good message, but the screenplay's weird. And I get that, right? Like, it, it, but what you can't argue is that he he always del- delivers a lot through environment. And perspective. Yes, absolutely. Like, time, like you get uh, so much information just um, just through little uh, establishing shots too. Like, um, there's a shot of the mall later where every time they show the mall, it like gets more and more packed. You know, so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I love also, that it gives you so that much. Yeah. It gives you that sense like, oh, my God, what the fuck are these guys going to do, man? Because yeah. it shows just it's a like. It's sense of time and yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Because it shows how, as you mentioned just now, how long they've been in there. That they all the zombies pretty much within like a 10 mile radius or something just flocked over to that mall, man. They just smell the meat probably. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, so back to our original point, there's uh, all that credit for that, but there's a lot of stuff that you have to get right with zombie movies. Yeah. So it's like, even with taking that core of Romero's version, there's still so much that's changed. Like it's, it it's, it's a different movie, of course, but like, it's also, Ooh, I, I think it's better in a lot of ways. Like Dawn of the Dead, of course, gets its credit. Like Romero's version gets its credit for like. Listen, 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 listen. I <laughs> you're giving that version too much credit. All right, like <sighs> yes, Romero's dope. I love Romero, but but this version of Dawn of the Dead is by far the way more superior version of the movie. Yeah, because let's not like, get it twisted. Because yeah. the first version of Dawn of the Dead. They put him in a mall because Romero wanted to talk about commercialism and how everything's going to, you know, uh, everything is going to right. capitalism, commercialism, all this shit. This is why everything's in a mall. But then 
if you guys remember, they escape that mall and they get into a helicopter and they go to some fucking mine or something, you know, where they where they're doing tests on zombies and like it it goes it goes way off the rails, honestly. Um, yeah, and, that's and the true. time they spent at the mall, honestly, compared to the Snyder version, it's forgettable, dude. Um, people are yeah, gonna kill me like, for that. They're like, oh, whatever. But you know what? Like, <laughs> let's be honest, man. That shit was kind of boring, dude. It was boring. Yeah, and the mall has an actual story purpose, like in the Zack Snyder version. And a screenplay, as you pointed out, is written by James Gunn. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Like, cool. I mean, hell, like, but, who would have guessed looking dude, back but, on it? Like, but I, I'm, the mall I'm has glad a story it was purpose. Because James Gunn, as we've spoken before in the past, he has a way of writing ensembles, right? So you yes, get all these yes. people, and he was able to get everyone involved. It was a big cast because they kept adding people. Because remember, you started with Sarah Polly's character, and from there you get Vic yes. Rames, and then you meet three more people along the way. And then you go to the mall, and then you meet another three more people, right? And yes, then you get yes. the other cast of characters that come in that truck. And then you got the dude yes. in the gun shop across the way, you know? So you get right. all these people just piling up, and everything is just executed well to the point where every character kind of just gets a time to shine. You know what I mean? You're right. Every character yeah. is is done to a point where they are so well written that like it redefines the whole zombie trope. Yeah, because that's that's an, uh, one of the parts of making that's the hard the hard part of making a zombie movie because it's like you also have to make survivors. Yeah, you have to make fodder. Yeah, there's a, like there's a very clear distinction, but then also it's like the way Dawn of the Dead is made. It's you don't know who's who's technically not fodder. You know, you don't know which yes. of the characters. You know, outside it, of exactly outside of Polly and outside of Ving Rhames, you know, or outside of the main trio, really, you don't know like which of the characters are characters. You know? Exactly, like, because also in in this movie. You don't like our characters don't know that if you get bitten, you get turned. They, they yes. have no clue yes. about that until until even after that, the last cast of characters join them. After that is when they find out, oh, shit, like I also saw that person who got bit react like that. It has to come together. And they didn't even say it in the news. They came to that conclusion, which yeah, I thought was, you know pretty, was pretty cool. Because usually in the news, you'd be like, oh, my God, what's happening? The news just showed a bunch of fucking chaos and, and it showed how to kill them. But it yeah, didn't Tom say Savini, like, oh, there's a zombie. Out. Yeah, Tom Savini was there. Um, yeah, and, word, it's out. like, oh, she's twitching. She's twitching. <laughs> we got to yeah, twitch Shout her. out to Sex Machine. Yeah, shout sex out to Sex Machine. machine. <laughs> 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 no, but you're totally right because like – it's it's so smart from the beginning. It's so smart because like, Sarah Polly's a nurse. Yes. So like, so she you know she's the one who puts all that medical stuff together. As she's figuring it out, we're figuring it out. As you see through, like you said, um, as you said from the beginning, you figure out through the environment. You figure out through these news reports. So like, oh, so this is like zombie stuff. You know, this is like okay. It's great that like every every character here in the mall has a purpose yes. in some way. Yeah. It, like you said, they all get a moment to shine, but what's more important is that they all serve a function in the story. Like yeah. Overall, there's no one like either either they're there to make to make one particular death happen, or it's like either yeah, it the fodder's made well. Exactly. Like, let's just say yeah. that, right? So the, the fodder is your made point. Well. To your point, Tex, it goes without saying that like this is a very well developed zombie movie. So Snyder grabbed all the elements. 
and he just made like honestly like one of the best zombie movies that I've seen. So for instance, like one of the main things you get in like a zombie movie when you're creating one is that once you have these characters, you have to have some kind of conflict amongst them you know what i mean yes um and yes. and th- this one does that well like f- for instance in, in night of the living dead you have that conflict amongst them because you have that one black dude inside the house and then you have uh, yes. a barbara who's fucking freaking out because her brother just died became a zombie but then over here you have this well-developed conflict coming from every which way like right there for instance you have the three security guards who think they're fucking you know you know like fucking Lord Jesus savior and shit over here controlling the whole mall. You know, you have right. that conflict. And then after that, you get the conflict with, um, what's this dude's name? Is that Omar Epps? Was, well, it wasn't Omar Epps, right? What's this fucking guy's no, name? I forgot his name too, but he was that dude who popped up in everything back then. And then, uh, yes, you know, I totally now forgot he's, his now fucking he's name. Nowhere. But, you had, but you had a conflict between him and everyone else, and then him and his wife, who he's remember, he stashed his wife, his pregnant wife, in the back somewhere in some toy store, you know? Um, and yeah, Makai Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh, how can we, how we forget that shit? Eight Mile, bro. Um, it's because he was in everything and exactly. then nothing. That's a, um, so, yeah, so, so Makai Pfeiffer had yeah. a conflict at first against everyone because he, he just wanted to protect you know, his wife and and he and Bing Rames had a good scene in that bathroom where he wanted to just say, hey, listen, I just want to have the opportunity to give my kid a, a better life and shit. I was like, oh, yeah, because it was revealed they have a history. Yes, so there's, exactly. That, that's there's just so much going yeah, on so, already yeah. because that's that's the thing you like you said, you need you need the conflict. You yep. need the characters. You need a setting. So you have this mall, which is it's there to serve the purpose of like bouncing all these characters off each other. And ultimately, like at the end of the day, you also still got to make the zombies, you know, like you, you still like, and every bit of it is great too, because yeah, they're, they're screaming and running and stuff, but we see them develop. Like we see how zombies come, like come to be in the movie. Exactly. I have a quick note here um, that just goes straight to what you're saying that a transition makeup that they used. For the zombies it was just absolutely yes. on point especially a good example is when you saw that father the daughter and yes. the father right look who came with the other uh, last batch of, of survivors um you just saw him kind of look healthy and slowly get a little worse a little worse a little worse until he's kind of just emaciated looking and kind of just fucking dead so they did a good job putting the money on the practical effects they have a lot of practical effects there's not as much gore as you would think coming from a, a Dawn of the Dead right. kind of movie. Um, the gore that right. you you would kind of just get is pretty much just the living dead already, you know? There's not much Yeah, you got, actual, you got like, zombie deaths. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You get a lot of zombie deaths. Like, you you really don't see human beings being pulled apart or anything like that. Um, yeah. Which I thought was very interesting because I thought that there would be, like, watching it years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. But then I'm like, huh, look at that. The gore you get is primarily just zombie gore, which is pretty dope. Um, and it keeps the integrity of the characters intact because, as I mentioned, everyone kind of just becomes a character you're kind of okay with, except for uh, Justin Trudeau, whatever uh, his fucking name is. 
Um, oh, the the modern family dad. Yeah, the yeah. modern family guy, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like even like the security guards get kind of redeemed, right? CJ, yeah, CJ, man, CJ, right? Like, like he, he gets redeemed a hero, totally. Dude. I'm like, I'm like, dude, your CJ was the fucking man at the end, bro. But at first you're like, absolutely. Uh, but at first you're like, look at this egomaniac over here controlling them all, right? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. yeah, so you really like didn't know where all the characters were lying. It was cool to see all these characters kind of just develop and gain this relationship throughout. And that's like, I think a testament to James Gunn because he's done it with the big ensembles, like in guardians of the galaxy, you know, where he took all these different kinds of characters and got them to kind of just become one and work well together for the story. So um, kudos to James Gunn for writing the script and Zack Snyder again, just, um, just kudos to him for making sure everything stays on track because you could have easily gotten off track in this movie and and gotten too much of of something you know what i mean um yeah because yeah. even when it even when it gets wacky it's still kind of like it's still kind of grounded so uh so one of my favorite scenes yes. is the zombie baby right like in the zombie baby in yes. the original version uh I think the original version makes it a bit goofier. Like you don't get like that long to linger on the fact that it, like it's a, it, it it's not as emotional in the like in the director's cut. I don't remember. I just don't remember it being that hard hitting. You know, because like no, he, like it's a dude, bit longer that scene. It's it, it's definitely yeah. a little bit longer that scene. Uh, they especially the the shot of Sarah Polly holding the gun to the baby. That was a, yeah. held there a bit longer. But like okay. what you might overlook is that firefight before the reveal of the baby that was some good shit right. there man you know w- w- with Mackay pfeiffer's character and the old lady norma just shooting each other back and forth like it was well done it wasn't just like they were it wasn't like a rob zombie movie where they were just shooting like crazy you know what i mean like <laughs> right. these shots were um it was just done to the point where you can see the trajectory of each shot and the way i guess they choreographed everything was just super fucking spot on and it was a really cool scene to see. I had to jot it down because it was just super on point. But yeah, that, that uh, there's a there's just a lot of good stuff. Uh, like uh, just pointing out another part I liked, even like I think I think like getting to the idea of like getting to the marina and all that stuff. Like that's cool. I I honestly did not remember the credits, Arturo. I I did not remember. Oh, you remember the end scene right where they keep filming? No. Yeah, I honestly have. I think this this was the first time I legit watched the whole way through, where they get to they got to the island and then oh shit, it's overrun. It's, it's infested. And, like, and what was cool yeah. about that is that it's kind of like a throwback because they started doing the fucking tribal drums. If, if you notice, when they got oh. to the island, and that's a throwback to like the OG zombie movies that were like pretty much saying that it was voodoo shit from the islands. And just the way it was filmed, it reminded me of like um, a Lucio Fucci zombie movie where, uh, you know, it was filmed in a way where you had a lot of zombies on an island attacking these doctors and shit. It was pretty fucking dope. It reminded me a lot of that at the end. And speaking of that, like I really liked how they used the credits, um, whether it be um, in the beginning of the movie, how it showed both Mm -hmm. like, this craziness going down at the same time it sh- like it showed like the cells kind of dying inside the body you know in the mo- beginning of the movie where it showed pretty much it- you get everything you get like oh shit so this is a virus or a sickness and then you see the craziness in the world so it was a way for them to kind of tell a story without you know actually taking time off the real meat of what they wanted to do so they were they were able to use this 
intro to kind of just feed you all the news and, and the fact that it was a virus and shit. You didn't, you didn't need any more explanation. That was your explanation. So I think that was a very smart of them. No, and I was like, even when it gets kind of fillery, like it's still kind of like, uh, so the disturbed scene with the yes, disturbed Yes, I was just getting to that too. I Yeah, like, I, even, yes, I even with that. that, it's full of, it's just there for the character. Yes, you know? absolutely. And, like, it, it's there yeah. as a way it's there as a reprieve you know what i mean like you get all this yes. action especially for the characters you want them to kind of enjoy themselves and you as a person if, if you put yourself in like in their shoes you're like shit i you know i would try and have some fun you're in you're in this small by yourself with all the with, with with just a handful of people you can go fucking in any store in any store you want and just fucking you know at least take your mind off what the fuck is going on outside and i thought that yeah, was dude. a really cool thing to do to grab uh, that disturb song down with the sickness and just uh, make it into that um i forgot that uh, the name of that group but they make it into like this um for the genre too of the of it's the like music. a like a like a barbershop quartet kind of thing yeah like yeah it's ki- kind of in that style kind of like but, that uh, so yeah. it was um it was really cool and it, like like said, a was, 50s oldie style yes yeah, exactly like it's, so it's it was a good way of um to show character development to, to show a uh, relationships uh kind of budding and forming. The, is that in the original one? Because that's a part I don't remember either. Yes, yeah, yeah. it is, man. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it is, 100%. okay. Um, so, and, but, yeah. but that's what I mean. By the time, and so because of that, by the time we do get to the end and they're like escaping in the buses and stuff, like it's one of those things where it, it's a huge leap in logic. But at that point, I'm kind of all in anyway. You know, like when they start putting the like yeah. the super buses together, yeah. right? I'm just like, okay, why not? You know, like fuck it, we're in, like this is the movie we're in. Like, <laughs> no, know? exactly, because like, also at the end, you're like, they obviously know now. Yo, we're fucked, bro. Yeah. Like, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna just stay here and just kind of chill in the mall until we die or they come through, or are we just yeah. gonna fucking try and do something? So it's like you said, by that point in time in the movie, you're just like. Fuck it. Let me get it. And you know what was dope, though, with those trucks? I love the shot of the trucks leaving the fucking mall. And then they go back to that bird's eye view up top. And you see this mass of fucking zombies surrounding these trucks. And then, like, it was pretty dope how they just had... It was was like a video game, dude. Legit. It was was like a video game. Yeah. It was awesome. But that's what I'm saying. At that point, like, you know, all that grounded stuff goes out of the way. But at the same time, I was just like, fuck it. I'm in it. You know? Because it's like, that's the kind of movie it is. Because it kind of... It, it's it's the James Gunn script and it's the Zack Snyder editing and directing and stuff where it's like it kind of puts you in that headspace and like oh there's some little wacky shit here and there you know there, there's like little jokes and like little like you get zombie babies and like shit like that yeah. so like oh that's what I was like by that point I was 100% in exactly yeah. and you know what was crazy by that point it had one of the craziest kills you've seen it was in one of the buses when it was like pretty much being oh, like driven yeah, around the, the dude with the chainsaw i think steve was his name the guy with the chainsaw yeah. like he like there was so much like what was it called fucking like like uh, road obstacles in the way that the fucking van he was in moved and he fucking sliced his girl's shoulder all the way through and they showed that all the way i don't think i saw that in the original yeah because and then that goes all the way back to what we were saying is like even the fodder's important you know like every character's there to, to serve a purpose there's no one who just kind of like oh who gets eaten and it's like yeah it's dude. Like, oh you know every yeah. death is like oh yep. one part of the story you know even exactly even the guy even uh what's his name andy bill andy from I the gun the, store 
across yeah, the way. Yeah, even Andy has it. Even Andy has a big like port, important scene. Yeah, exactly. You know, like like the, the fodder was used wisely to to yes. progress the story and and the characters alike. You know what I mean? Um. So again, yes. it's just well written by James Gunn and well directed by Zack Snyder. Um. And, and yes. this is before like. Zack Snyder got the money to do all that crazy shit with the CG he does, you know? Yeah, it's before he before he was able to get self-indulgent. Yeah, so Well, I mean, he it, did it, do a lot of these fucking slow-mo close-up shots which really amounted to nothing yeah. all the time. Like like for but, instance, there was um, But there I is think, a cool one with like the with the zombie that gets shot in the eye or it's like yeah, that is a cool one. Yeah, but then the one where uh where Ving Rhames shoots his fucking shotgun into the face of a zombie and then it goes a slow motion shot of the shell on the floor and i'm like is something gonna happen now (laughs) i I was like is something gonna blow up now like you're you're right like we did we did kind of gloss over that stuff but 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 that's also like that was like i was looking i was looking for shit to you know to pick on because i was i was watching the movie in that kind of context you know what i mean I agree, because uh, it's also just like at that point, it's part of the package. Yeah, you know, it's because it's like if you accept that they can make these murder buses, you accept that like it's slow shot of a. Of a you know, it's kind of like you're either all in or you're not. And dude, watch watching it again, still all in. And like, Hank like, Hill would think, be proud, Arturo, right? They use propane <laughs> and propane accessories rather well, right? <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah. man yeah you're right like, but damn folks but yeah, um like, uh I agree. it was a it was it's a solid fucking movie dude after i finished watching it it's, i was like yes fuck what a good movie that is and still i felt the same like, way the yeah. first time i saw it too man i knew it was special i knew it was a special flick when i first saw it years ago when netflix was still sending you dvds in the mail you know what i mean word dude yeah. yeah, dude. Big facts on that, man. And uh, I hope you guys are able to catch it, you know, in any form or way, whichever way you want to download it. It was back in 04, so you can probably find that shit for free online somewhere yeah. now, you know? Exactly, um, dude. dude. It's probably on YouTube or some shit. Oh, my Who God. Fuck knows? It's, it's, you know what? Dude, that DVD is fucking $3. Like, Listen, come on. You're fine. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth the fucking watch, especially if you're a horror fan. But you know what else is good, Absolutely. too? Um, if you want to go into zombie movies and stuff, I was going to say, go watch train to Busan, but we pretty much have our train to Busan into your head, um, for a while. So I definitely highly recommend either return of the living dead part one and two, Mm -hmm. um, or you can go watch something a bit more serious in 28 days later. So either you can go to the goofy side or you can go to the serious side, whichever way you want and guarantee that you'll be fucking enjoying yourself. And you'll be enjoying the movie. And thank you so much for joining us in episode 59 of the official Corpse Beat Podcast, The Morgue. And with me, always, on this journey is Mr. Nick Valdez. Thank you, Tex. And uh, I am Arturo Padilla, the guy behind the face. And don't forget to go to our socials, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you, Glenn, for the music. And thank you, Dell, for the artwork. And don't forget, it's a scary world out there. But we're here to walk you through it. 